The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss the significance of achieving authenticity. Joining us is Luis Baez, who is a sales enablement strategist and coach that specializes in sales enablement strategy and coaching for online business owners and B2B professionals. Luis is a proud gay Puerto Rican American that draws from his Silicon Valley C-suite background to empower underrepresented entrepreneurs, including women, BIPOC, and LGBTQIA communities through online sales coaching. And today, Luis and I are going to discuss why LinkedIn is the marketer's social platform. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Luis Baez, sales enablement strategist and coach. Luis, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you so much, Benjamin. Happy to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. So excited to have you here. First off, let me say, you've got a great voice. You were born for this. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. I am trying to use what I'm given to do the best that I can. I mean, look, face, the hair, the whole thing is wonderful. People can only hear your voice when they're listening to the podcast, <laughs> but I always appreciate somebody that's got the baritone tones. And, you know, I think that maybe that helps you with your sales enablement, your strategy coaching. Give me the one minute version of who you are, where you come from and why you're here. Gosh, I am someone who grew up in poverty, didn't want to accept that reality, jumped headfirst into corporate, landed his first sales job without knowing anything about selling or how to navigate that space. And I have had a career that blew my mind being recruited at companies like LinkedIn, Google, Uber, Tesla, making a revenue impact of over 600 million as an individual contributor. And now I lead efforts to train and coach teams to deliver excellent customer experiences for other people. All right. So not to gender stereotype, and I don't mean this in a way because in, in your intro, it talks all about how you're helping underrepresented communities. And by all that means, that is incredibly important. But I would call you a real dude. And <laughs> women can be real dudes. Anybody could be real dudes. But like somebody that's actually been successful in large environments and is now passing that learning on. Good for you. Uh, today, I want to talk to you a little bit about one of the social networking platforms that I've really focused on as a marketer. Mm -hmm. And we have a production company that helps brands build their podcasts. And so we're always trying to reach and meet other marketers. But everybody's kind of using social media for different reasons. 
I'm not trying to sell beauty products on Instagram. I'm trying to get marketers to realize that we can make a podcast for them. And I'm heavy on LinkedIn. So tell me why LinkedIn is the marketer's social platform. Gosh, if you want to think about oversaturation on other platforms and how difficult it is to get attention, I think as of the time of this recording, the last stat that I remember reading is something like only 3% of users on LinkedIn actually post content regularly or at all. So when you think about the opportunity to reach a mass audience, you have a mass of daily users using the platform, even if they're not posting. So if you join the conversation or start the conversation, there's a lot of opportunity for exposure. The algorithm is one of the most generous ones when you make an effort to be a thought leader or to teach or to coach. If your approach is to be overly salesy and try to milk opportunity out of the platform, you won't reap the rewards from that kind of reach. Organic social is still a thing on LinkedIn, right? You can publish content and the LinkedIn algorithm will help you syndicate it if it gets the signals that thinks that the content will be valuable and keep people on their platform. That said, you mentioned if you're overly salesy, there's a right format and a wrong format. And this has changed pretty dramatically over the last two or three years. It used to be that you'd have to write this relatively long form content that was basically one sentence per paragraph with a really catchy headline that is thought provoking. I was eating a sandwich today and I had a realization there is no social And then you go and do this long paragraph about whatever it is, you know, yes, there's all these platforms, but they're not actually connecting people. They're connecting accounts and blah, blah, blah. And I had this realization that you can contact me through clicking the link in the comments below. (laughs) (laughs) That's basically the format. That's what we've been doing for years. And it's not working as much. Now there's video and there's chats and images and surveys. What's working today for marketers on LinkedIn? I think any opportunity to leverage video is certainly welcomed on the platform, right? It's no surprise that short form video, particularly content that teaches things in threes. Here are three ways to accomplish this, three ways to overcome, three tools, three books, right? Or a framework, a three-step part. Any way that you uh, present content that teaches and inspires and gets people to take action, that is usually rewarded. And then beyond that, I would think about, yes, written content is still powerful on the platform, but get away from that sort of disingenuous <laughs> approach that you just described. It's People can smell it. People can read through the lines. They know what you're up to. You were not reflecting. Yeah, but I don't know what else to write. Like when I'm interviewing you, mm-hmm. I'm going to write my thoughts about the topic and I'm going to talk about my experience. LinkedIn is an incredibly powerful platform and we've used it to reach 12,000 followers in my personal account. I'm rounding up a little. This is what I'm going to say. And there's a right and a wrong way to do it. And I learned an incredible amount from my conversation with Luis. And Luis said that you should use video and that you shouldn't be salesy and you should do X, Y, and Z. And if you want to hear the whole conversation, I don't know what else to write, Luis. What should I be doing for this interview to help promote it and actually get the people that are in my following to engage with my content? I would take what you just did a step further. Who is this for? If you have these problems, this mindset, or if you're running this kind of business, or if you're stuck on these issues, this is what I gained from the conversation that I think would be valuable for you, right? I think that you have to think about drawing the connection to the people that you're serving, not just your reflections and things that you learn, but the reason you're sharing. You think it would be valuable because... 
And I think that would just be a way to take that a step further. Your approach is actually really in line with what you should be doing. I think the approach of buy, 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 squeeze, 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 click the link to get the access to the thing. Those are the types of messages that don't get the same responses or engagement. I think you have to create an experience on LinkedIn where people opt into the things that they want. They connect with your content. They find it to be valuable and relevant. It gives them an opportunity to then explore your profile or your company page. And then from there is where you can link out to any of the offers or any of the consultancies or any things that you offer, right? I think there needs to be this approach taken where rather than selling, you're creating opportunities for people to opt in. Okay, so you want to create content that is valuable to people, goes without saying. You want to create content that allows people to build a relationship with you and opt into following more of your content. There's also ways that you can seed the algorithm by showing that people are engaging with the content. My understanding on LinkedIn is it is the velocity of engagement shortly after you post that is what basically gets your stuff to go viral. So, hey, here's all the learnings that if you're looking to figure out how to use LinkedIn, here's the three things you could do based on my conversation with Luis. If you want to hear the whole conversation, there's a link to it in the comments. But then I got to take it and I got to give it to 50 people who are going to say, great job, Ben. Oh, this is awesome. Luis is the man. Comments, likes, like all that stuff happening shortly after you post. That's what basically makes LinkedIn think this is a hot post. And then the algorithm starts to promote it. Is that still the case or am I making it up? No, I think you're spot on, right? I think the engagement within the first day really determines the life that you'll get out of a post. Most of the lifespan of a post is within its first few days. That doesn't mean that you can't repurpose the content in a second post. I think that that's the other muscle that people have to develop is on the one hand is fine tuning what you're delivering and when, but then on the second is like really are leaning into the amnesia that exists in social media and repurposing the things that you share, assuming that people were too busy to either consume the content the first time you posted it, or they might have been pulled away from it while they were listening to the episode and you by reintroducing the content, give the people a second opportunity to tap back in. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? 
Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. I got a great LinkedIn post now. It's going to start with, am I losing my effing mind? Question mark, exclamation mark, question mark. People don't remember a single thing on social media. Once you post it, you can reuse it all the time. Why are we not just circulating the same posts over and over again? Here's the reasons why, according to my conversation with Luis. It's all about amnesia. I love it. Absolutely. But I think also, I think your approach and your mindset and your intention are really important. Like, who is the spotlight on? Are you posting content because the spotlight is on you and you're trying to showcase yourself or the things that you're accomplishing or building? Or is the spotlight on the audience and empowering and enabling them? I think that's the real key to succeeding on a platform like LinkedIn in particular, is really knowing that you are leveraging the right intention. People are out there either looking to elevate their own profession, grow their networks, or seek new opportunity. With that mindset and with that intention, then the way to win is to be their coach or their hero or their champion. You have to put them in the center of their narrative and whatever you offer and how you serve it needs to really be empowering. That's how the content becomes relevant. That's how you start to get that sort of stickiness to your brand where people come back and they expect more. And then, of course, the component of consistency is really important. I have heard so many approaches where people are trying to hack the right time to post. If I post at 1.20 p.m., I get more engagement than I do at 4.43 in the afternoon. And it's just what I'm seeing. That's one approach that's reactive to the data. And that's not entirely wrong. But there's also the approach of creating opportunity. I know people, particularly in like the entrepreneurship space and solopreneurship space, they got really hip to the game and they started realizing side hustlers are not on LinkedIn at 10.30 a.m. on a Tuesday. They're busy serving people and they're busy growing their businesses or working their full-time jobs. They're side hustling and building on a Saturday morning. And while the algorithm and the data may not suggest that Saturday morning was a good time to post, it was certainly aligned with the intention of the audience that they wanted to serve. And by leaning into that and posting content consistently on Saturday mornings, they built solopreneur audiences for themselves. And so I want to just, for anyone listening, just empower you to leverage the data, but blaze a trail. I agree with you. Everybody has to come up with their own publishing cadence. And also Tuesday morning is the best time to post. (laughs) That said, we talked about how to create the right content. We talked about how to seed the algorithm to make sure that you're getting the most out of the content, figuring out what works for you. And then there becomes the part that LinkedIn doesn't want to help you with, but is actually why we're all on the platform. Value extraction. Great, I got followers. I have followers coming out of my ears because we've been doing this podcast for six years. I've got content that we're publishing on the regular and we get a modest level of engagement. It could definitely be better. We're not perfect in how we're publishing for social, but I want people to either engage with the content or come ask me how to build a podcast for them. How do you start to think about taking that audience and providing value to them, but also getting something out of it for yourself? I think there's a lot of power in asking a question. When I train people in sales in particular, I teach them to pause after asking a question and letting a customer or a prospect have a moment of reflection and come forward with the answer. 
however awkward that pause might be. So I want you to think about the opportunity if you're focused on engagement of getting people to respond to you by asking questions or asking them to take very specific action. If you want to start a conversation in particular, if you want a really high engaging post that will continue to return dividends, profile views, click throughs to your products and services and things of that nature, you've got to really add to that flame. You kindle the flame with the post and then you continue to engage with the people as they're responding as well. They're looking for your validation. They're looking for your authority in the subject matter. They're looking to be aligned. And some people also, you know, don't be afraid of a little bit of controversy if people don't outright agree, because that also will drive engagement. People will jump into the conversation and give their two cents on the matter. I think that's the important thing is it's a passive experience if it's a passive post. If you want me to take action, tell me what to do. So where do you think about putting calls to action into LinkedIn? I mentioned before, we're saying, hey, get the link to the episode in the comments below. Apparently, you're not supposed to put your links in your posts. The posts are just content, and then the engagement comes in the comments section. Are you putting calls to action as questions? Are you putting links to try to drive someone there? Are you putting them on your profile? If you want someone to take a very discreet action, not just start a conversation, where does that go for you? So if I'm thinking as a solopreneur or a small business, I am definitely looking for people to drive back to my profile and then from my profile engage there. So there are two things that you're indicating by doing that. One is engagement with the post, like comment here, let me know what you think about this or give me your opinion. What do you think about this, right? Get someone to answer the question, engage with the post. That's one win, right? You'll get the wins from the ripple effect of that. The second win is increasing your profile views. That's a signal to the algorithm that whatever you posted was really engaging. You're more of an authority in the matter. And then on that profile, making sure it's optimized to drive the traffic. So making sure that if you're an individual, you've got creator mode activated in your settings, you're dropping links into your carousel at the top of your profile, you're dropping links in your experiences in your profile, you're including calls to action in your summary on your profile, letting people know where to go to get what it is that you offer. And there's even a link right below your profile picture. So create that stickiness by driving people there. And then you can spare yourself from like accidentally dropping that link in a post. I took a course on this. Ben Meir, M-E-E-R, was the creator of the course. And it walked through some of the ways where you can appropriately put calls to action on your LinkedIn profile. So your LinkedIn profile serves as essentially a business development page for your business. Uh, you've got a course. Is, is that stuff that you cover as well in yours? Absolutely. I cover some of these bases and then what comes after, because I also think about the entire customer journey, right? We're talking about LinkedIn. We also have to talk about what comes after in the background. So yeah, those are the things that I cover. Great. And not to say anything bad about Ben Mears course, I think that the how to position your profile to be a sales page was useful for me. But I have to say, I don't think I've got a single lead from LinkedIn since I made all of these profile changes, even though now there's a million calls to action. So maybe I got to rethink it. I probably have to take your course as well. All right. I guess that's my call to action here for this episode. Get your content format right. Provide value, number one. Number two, start conversations, drive engagement. That'll help you syndicate your content. Number three, find the appropriate way to get people from your content into some sort of a sales cycle, whether that's through your profile or with how you're engaging with them. 
And number four, well, hey, if you need help, you got Luis here. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Luis Baez, a sales enablement strategist and coach. Join us again tomorrow when Luis and I continue our conversation talking about how to align automation and authenticity. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Luis, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can visit his website, which is learnfromluis.com. And on learnfromluis.com, you can find a link to his LinkedIn learning course. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or you can apply to be our next guest on the Martech Podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly on LinkedIn. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.